This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So this is very, probably the most important shir you'll ever, well, the most, most important shir I'll ever give. I don't know what the most important shir you'll ever hear, but this is like a very important shir. We got all kinds of stuff going on here. All kinds of stuff. You can eat. Well, I went shopping. Yeah, it's not the, not stomach here. I haven't used props in a long time. When's the last time I used props, right? Okay. So let me explain to you what's going on over here. You're looking at like Rabbi Wallstein. What's happening? A garden. Well, the shoes here flowers in, in shul, right? But that's not what this is. Okay. So this is what this is all about. So I got a call from a Rebbitson of a high school, and she told me that they're having a very big situation in 12th grade. That there's these two girls that are preaching about atheism, preaching that that uh, one of them is very brilliant, very, very brilliant, like a way high IQ, and she read a book from some atheist, um, I forgot, a very famous book on, on physics, on phys- a physicist, and um, that the world, there's no creator, and that, that it's all nature, and science, you know, everything has to be proven, God can't be proven, so she began telling her friends, and it's starting to spread through this high school, and um, they're very concerned, but if they throw these two girls out, what they're, they're causing a bigger commotion by throwing them out. Then it's like, well, you're scared. You don't have the answers for them. So they don't know what to do. So this one girl is very brilliant. The other girl is not brilliant at all. She's just following along and she's like, there's no God. I can do whatever I want. She's having the best time. She's having the best time of her life. So there's a very big problem. And they want me to speak to these two girls. And what are you going to say? And what are we going to do? And crisis. Okay. I said, okay, this, I've been here before. Um, I've dealt with kids like this before. And I'm thinking, going back to my other shirim, that why would a religious from girl in a very from basic type of school um, be preaching atheism? Um, and she's very brilliant, and there must be something in her life that she's doing that she needs to get rid of God. So it's not really that she's an atheist. It's like her, it's her excuse for doing what she wants to. But um, you can't start with that, because like, they really have like questions or whatever. Anyway, so I went out to a flower store and to my garden and to a fruit store and I'm like I am fed up with dealing with this atheism business every day with more with kids and kids and kids and once and for all I'm not going to go into the answers in the Torah that a pig has split hooves and doesn't do its cut and it's the only animal like that Aisha Torah has a proof from that that Hashem wrote the Torah because the only one that could know and the only one that could know that, that that's the only animal in the world, is the Creator. Because Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't a zoologist, and even if he was, he lived in the Middle East. He wouldn't know what's in, in, in the uh, different places in the world, in South America, in, uh, in the Amazon, in South Africa. So, so there, yeah, there's, a lot, there's proofs in the Torah that there's a God. But I wanted to go a different direction. On top of that, a rabbi, a rabbi, a rabbi, whatever, that showed me... Um, a very disturbing poem that a girl wrote against Hashem uh, about all the kids that are dying and all the pain and and he just like like God is the worst create whatever and like a lot a lot of stuff and a lot of anger and um, you're allowed to have a relationship with Hashem and you're allowed to tell him whatever you want but there's a certain line that you can't you can't cross and this kid really in my opinion crossed the line and I think that we're going to learn a share about this tonight. And, and, you know, you got to start owning your own stuff. And, 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 and you got to stop only looking at the bad part of the world. There's so much good part. There's, there's a girl, Nebuch, that OD'd this week. And she's, the doctors are saying she's brain dead. And she's a student. She was a student of mine five years ago. And a really funny kid and a really geschmacker girl, really special girl. And she took some kind of drug that they use for tranquilizers for elephants. Like this crazy drug. And, yeah, so she's in the hospital. And um, the doctors are like, have a, you know, it's not happening. But, and, and everyone's busy with it. It's all over. It's, everyone's busy with it. But a few, a few floors below her um, is, is, the, is the nursery where they're the same day today there were 30 kids born, little babies, with a new life, with new potential, but no one's talking about that. You ever seen any WhatsApp, anything like that? Oh, today in my mind, there were 30 new little kids, 20 boys and 10 girls, Beautiful little cute kids who have a whole life ahead of them? Nah. Anything good? You ever seen anything good? Nah. There's rain and plants and growth and all this? Nah. It's all about how bad Hashem is, how bad Hashem is, how he's pain and everything's pain, everything's depression, 
And uh, I'm a little fed up with not seeing what's good about our God and only... Only... What, in Maimonides today? Only five Jewish kids were born? Okay, so these are... So, but there's a lot... Okay, not Maimonides, but there's a lot of Jewish kids born today. You go to Manhattan to the nursery, it's very beautiful also, and see all the little cute kids that Hashem created, right? And um, you can you can go to a flower store and see all the different flowers that Hashem created for you, and you go to a fruit store and you can check out all the different fruits that Hashem created for you. Nah! Nobody talks about that. Death, pain, suicide, depression, anxiety, abuse, sickness. So, so I decided I'm going to get a, give a very different kind of share tonight. Very different kind of share. And the, 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 the answer that I gave these two girls. So here we go. So in my, outside my house, I have about seven years ago, I planted nana, mint, and lemongrass. And the reason I did that is that every morning, ooh, a bug. Every morning, I shouldn't create a bug too. He came to my share. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's a Gilgal. You, you missed the last share. He finally showed up. Okay. You see what happens? Shouldn't have missed my share last year. Okay. I'm kidding. Anyway. So, um, so why do I, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Because every morning before my day starts, um, this is what I do. And I'm going to hand this out to actually to you guys. So I, I take, um, I take one of these mints. In fact, here's what we're going to do. If you could do me a favor and give everyone a leaf. And don't do anything with the leaf. Just hold it. I'll tell you what to do. Just one leaf. One piece, one leaf to everyone. There you go. See, you got on camera now. Shuduchim are coming in. Don't do anything. Don't smell it. Don't smell it. Don't smell it. Just give everyone one. Here, you girls, you can give out on this side. Give everyone one leaf. Leave me one. Just one leaf like that. One leaf. See what happens? You come to Arnava, you don't get this anywhere. You gotta come to, you gotta, girls, whoever's watching this, seminary next year, we have Benos Bina, Beishakov Seminary, and we have a Teres Nava, not such a Beishakov Seminary. And, uh, this is what we do in our seminary. We, we get connected to Hashem. We learn, we also get connected to Hashem. So we'll do an advertisement while they're giving out the leaves. Benos Bina, if you want to, if you want to apply to Benos Bina, you can call the phone number is 845 222, this is Rabbi Lamb's number, 4112, or the main number here, which is 347-374-2982. You gave one to all the girls on the other side? Both sides, both sides. They deserve two. What did they do wrong? Right? Um, you can e- email us at binosbina. It's very easy. Binosbina at gmail.com. And at Terrasnava, um, you can go online at Terrasnava and... and this is what we do. This is what I do in my class. I'm not talking about the other classes. Jackie B. Tone, Rabbi Freeman, Rabbi Lamb, Rabbi Ruben Abragamov. Everybody has one? Okay. So you're going to take one leaf, peppermint leaf, and you're going to crush it in your fingers. Go ahead. Crush it in your fingers. We're going to make a bracha, everyone together. You ready? Follow me. Baruch Dinoi, Eliheinu Melech Bore Isvei B'Samim. Ah, Nice. Okay, so if you ever want to come to my house, I'll give you a bunch of this. You'll plant it. It makes an unbelievable tea. You have to wash it from all the little buggies. It makes a nerudika tea. Okay, so everyone got one of these. Now, you gave everyone one of these also. Everyone has a different leaf. You didn't get one? Yeah, they have to get these. Very important. Go, give it. Don't eat it right now. I didn't wash them. Okay, if you take the other leaf that you have, you gave everyone the other leaf? Here. This is the other leaf. Give everyone the other leaf. By the way, all of you watching on Torah any time, because you didn't come to the share, you can't smell it. <laughs> so that's what happens when you sit home having a, a, a glass of soda, eating your pretzels and watching the shear and not coming to the shear. You can only get this at the shear. So... You can smell it, but you can't smell it. All right, so if you take the other leaf and you crush it and you smell it, it has a totally different smell. It smells a little lemony because this is lemongrass. This is called lemongrass, and we make a very good lemongrass tea, which settles your stomach. 
Both teeth are good for your stomach. If you crush it, mmm, delicious. It smells amazing. All right. Now, why did I do this? I'll tell you why I did this. And I did this with these two girls. I said, I want to ask you a question. Ooh, I forgot it in my car. Um, you want to go get it? My car? Okay. So my car's in front. It's a Land Rover. Range Rover. I want to tell them. Because I try to raise money for it now. They'd be like, you got a Land Rover. Um, you push this button. No, you can't steal it. And in the front cup holder, there's a cup of dirt. Please bring that. Okay. Now, okay, and, and where's my cup of water? I need my cup of water. It's a little science class. No, she'll get it. If you go that slow, we're going to get your, we're going to have the cup in about the end of the year. This is a very important, this is like a very, was anyone ever, you know, maybe Ruth was here. Was anyone here 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when I did the fish coming out of the water in my hand, and it was jumping up and down, everybody was screaming. That was also pretty interesting. So, so fish, fish. There's no din. The halacha. There's no din of tzal balachayim by fish. You don't have to shecht fish. When you when you have when you eat when you kill a fish, just bang it on the head. You don't have to shecht it. There's no din of tzal balachayim. It seems to be that fish don't have nerves. They don't have nerves. So anyway. I gave this year about people, well, I had fish, okay, I had fish. I, was, I, I had actually, when I was a kid, many, many, many fish tanks. And what happens is if you, op- if you forget to close the cover on the fish tank, fish jump. That's what they do. Guppies and, 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 and goldfish, they jump. So there were many times, I forgot as a kid, after I fed them to close it, and you'd come the next morning and they'd be laying on the carpet dead. So they jumped out in the middle of the night and... There was no water, and they died. So, so I was giving a share. Oh, did I get? In those days, there was no, no, no email. So I just got phone calls. So I, I said, you know, everybody wants to jump out of Yiddishkeit. Well, off the derech, OTD, OTD, OTD. I said, you want to know what your soul looks like? You want to understand what your soul looks like when you step off the derech and you don't keep Shabbos, and you don't keep kosher, and you don't keep all this stuff? I said, I'm going to show you what your soul looks like. And I had a goldfish. And I took it out of the water because the water ain't my ain't tyra elamai ain't my melatira. So I took it out of the water, and I had this fish in my hand, and all the girls were sitting there. And what happens to a fish when it's out of water? It tries to get it tries to thank you, tries to get oxygen, right? It begins to jump. So this nebuch, this poor goldfish, was jumping because it was dying, and they were all screaming, "Put it back in the water! Put it back!" Smiles, you women. There were girls crying. At that time, there was no internet, so this room was full, right? Because you couldn't watch Torah anytime. There was no Torah anytime. And it was like 300 girls screaming, It's dying! And the poor little fish was jumping, and it was like getting dried out, and it was dying. And I said, okay! And I put it back in the water. It was swimming around. They were like, I said, girls, that's what your neshama feels like. When you take it out of water, it, it, you take it, out, it has no mitzvahs, mechal Shabbos, you're eating treif. You're doing Averis with guys, all this stuff. You should know your neshama looks exactly like that fish. It's jumping, it's trying to breathe, it's dying, it can't take it. And you're screaming, put it back in the water. Get back on the derech, start keeping Shabbos again, do mitzvahs again. And then the neshama swims around the water. Ah, she came back on the derech. I never did that again, though. Because I got all kinds of phone calls that you can't do that. It's tabal chayim and whatever it is. And whatever. So I didn't do that again. It was very severe. This is not so severe. So let me tell you why I did this. So I have these two girls. One of them's a brainiac. The other one's just party girl. And I said, I want to ask you girls a question. So you don't believe there's a God. You believe in science and stuff happened. A bunch of molecules. They banged into each other and they became something. It was, it was one atom. Then it became two atoms. Then it split. Then it became a monkey. Then it became a person. And now we're going back to becoming a monkey and it's going backwards and, right? I said, let me ask you a question. I'm like, I gave them the peppermint, the nana. I said, smell the nana. Yeah, okay. I'm like, okay. Smell the dirt that I took it out of. Now, I'm not going to pass this cup around, but it doesn't smell. Dirt doesn't smell. At least dirt in Flatbush doesn't smell. Okay? Dirt in Switzerland has a good smell. It's like good dirt. But Flatbush dirt's not such good dirt. Right? We don't have such good dirt. Baruch Hashem, we don't have such good dirt. So, dirt doesn't smell. What do you need to make something grow? Dirt. What else do you need to make something grow? 
Water. Does water smell? No. What else do you need for something to grow? Air. Does air smell? No. What else do you need for something to grow? The sun. Does the sun smell? No. So the four things that make this thing grow all don't smell. So I looked at this brainiac girl and I said, so tell me, where does the mint plant get its smell from? If earth has no smell, water has no smell, air has no smell, the sun has no smell, where does the mint plant get smell? And if you look at my garden in front of my house, the mint plant is here and the lemon plant is here and they're growing out of the same dirt and this guy smells like lemon and this guy smells like mint. Like what? This side of the dirt is mint and this, like, where does it come from? And I have this brainiac girl sitting there and I'm like, where does the smell come from? Where does the taste of a peach, if the ground has no taste, don't try to taste it, okay? But it has no taste. Water has no taste. Air has no taste. Sunlight has no taste. Where does the taste of this being different than this, being different than this, being different than this, being different than this, where does it come from? All the things they come from have no taste. And the texture, right, there's no thing in the world that touch that feels like velvet more than an apricot. If you if you touch an apricot, this is mamish velvet. This is mamish skin. Everything I don't know what this is, okay? It's not velvet, it's not skin. But it all has different it all has different shapes, different tastes, different color. Even the body the, the shell of the fruit is different. Probably the most perfect purple in the world is an eggplant purple. I mean, and, and the best orange in the world is cantaloupe. So, so where does that come from? So she's just looking at me, and I'm like, and blueberries, like God totally took us out of here. Where did this little guy come from? Blue? Where did blue come from? Does the earth have any blue in it? Does the earth have any orange in it? She's looking at me, this genius. And then, of course, my favorite thing, which is flowers. I'm like, now where does this come from? The same ground gives you a red rose and a white rose. Are there any colors in the ground? Why is this rose growing next to this rose? This one's coming out red. This one's coming out white. This guy who's growing right next to him is totally out of control, right? <laughs> this is a bird of paradise. The reason it's called a bird of paradise, for those who don't know, is because it's in the shape of a bird with a beak, right? So if you look at it from the side, I'm into all this stuff. It looks like a bird. Hashem, why did you do this? Orange, actually, if it's open a little bit, you see it's orange and it's purple and it's yellow, and it's green. Maze, what's going on here? That, this nowhere talks about. Nobody talks about Hashem's roses that he made for us, and the fruit that he made for us, and the smells that he made for us. No, people are dying, people are dying. Everybody's sick, and everybody's dying, and he created such a terrible world, and he's such a terrible God, and he's so full of pain. Let me take another bite of my apple, right? It's like, this is the beauty of what Hashem does. So I have this brainiac girl, and I'm like, so tell me, flowers of different colors, fruits of different tastes, Plants have different smells, but they're all coming from sun, water, earth, and air that has no smell, no color, no taste. And she's looking at me. And I'm like, it's simple. It's simple. When he created the world, on every single day he said, Kitov, except one, Hashem created every single color flower. The ground and the water and the sun and the air just makes it grow. But if he didn't create the first nectarine and flower and, and nana and, and lemongrass, if he didn't create the first one, the, the ingredients in the world that makes things grow don't have taste, don't have color, don't have smell. And, and what Hashem gave us is he gave us five senses. He didn't waste it because... If he gave you something that smells, but, you, can, you, but you, you, don't, you don't have the sense of smell, this is wasted. He didn't waste anything. He gave you eyes to see. He gave you a nose to smell. He gave you a, a tongue and a mouth to taste. He gave you a hand to feel. So everything he created had the smell and a taste. And a, right? So all these different things, you have all your different senses to be able to appreciate them. So at the end of the day, there's no bria. There's no creation. Then there's none of this. Because what we have now can't create smell. 
The earth and the water and the sun and the air cannot create taste, cannot create color, cannot create shape. This is my favorite flower. It's called a calla lily, for those who don't know. And Hashem has to wind them up. I don't know if you've ever seen this flower. It's not a cheap flower. But they, now they come in purple because everything comes in purple. But this is like the most gorgeous flower in the world. Look at this flower. And it's actually, if you, it's, you can actually unfold it because it's really folded. And Hashem created it in such a way that it folds itself around like this. And that's how the flower grows. This is crazy amazing. This is art. This is art. This is God. And he did this for who? For me. Because if no one else in the world existed on the six days of creation, he created every different flower that exists in the world. There's no new flowers. And he created every fruit. There's no new fruit. And he created every smell. There's no new smell. And, and, I, and I haven't had, had these girls in my house when I did this. And I went into my spice cabinet and I took out all my wife's spices and nutmeg and pepper and all paprika and all the different spices that our Kurdish Bosal created that you put in your food. You don't even you don't even appreciate when someone cooks and they have all these spices in the food to bring out the taste of the food. Who put all those different flavors in the ground? Walk through a, a, a supermarket. Look at the spice rack. Look what's going on over there, right? All kinds of different stuff. Who did that? Where did it come from? Again. All this stuff, water, sun, that doesn't make, doesn't make spices. So it had to happen. There had to be a creation. And if there's a creation, girls, there's a creator. So I said to her, now what do you have to say, Miss Atheist? And she was like, I really never thought of it like this. I said, okay, now let's talk about why you want to be an atheist. What's going on? What's his name? Whatever. But the bottom line is, this is a this is the best proof of creation. I'm not going into the pig and the fish with the scales and all that stuff. This is the best proof because the power of the of the earth to grow things without creation, there'd be no flavor, there'd be no taste because the earth has no taste and water has no taste and air has no taste and the sun has no taste. So the different smells that you just smelled, Baruch Hashem, you could smell. It's a, it's a big thing that you're able to smell, right? Because the smell helps you helps you want to eat things. And, and if a person has a very bad cold and their nose is stuffed and they can't smell, they have no appetite. So every single morning, I go out of my house and and I take my peppermints always first. I don't know why, because it's the strongest smell. I make my bracha and I like HaKosh Baruch Before I start my day, I just want to thank you that lemongrass smells like that and peppermint smells like that. And I don't know how you do it, that all these different things come out of your ground that has nothing and I don't even know where the energy in the ground comes from. You want to give it to science, it has nothing to do with science, because you can put things in the, in the sand, in the desert, and nothing will grow, but you can put things in the dirt, in flatbush, and things will grow, and actually in the dirt, what's the energy source? You're putting a seed in the ground, what's the energy source? It's very interesting, in Kabbalah, we learned that in Sameach, right, there's, there's four different levels. There's domain, that has not, that's a rock. Sameach is a plant like this, like these, and then you have Chai, which is an animal, and Medaba, which is a human being. In the plant world, it dies first, and then it grows. You put a seed in the ground, it rots, and from the rot comes growth. In the human world, you first grow, and then you rot. The person dies. It's the opposite. But, really, it's not true. Because when they put you in the ground, that's when you go to the next world, and the next world is where really... All the, every, all the work that you did in this world, right? So you're sort of like a seed. They put you in the ground, and it's going to be Tchiyas HaMesim, it's going to be Mashiach, and that's going to be the biggest growth. And that comes from the human being who's put into the ground. But anyway, so this was my... And if you live in this, right? I'm not, I'm not saying there's no pain in the world. There's a lot of pain in the world. And I have pain, and everyone else has pain. Everyone goes through their stuff. But the bottom line, there's so much good in the world. Anyone who's watching, anyone who's sitting in this room, was the last time you smelled a plant, a peppermint plant, made a bracha, or lemongrass, or made a bracha, or looked at a rose and said, why is this white or this one red? Like, the earth doesn't have white and red in it. It's the last time you thought about this. It's the last time you looked at, a, at, a, at, a, at an orange and understood that this is protected. Hashem had to put a peel on it because the fruit inside needs to be protected when it grows, right? And, and all the different tastes. This is something new. I don't know when this happened. A donut peach, whatever. 
But um, it's amazing all the different tastes and all the different fruits. And if you if you live your world like that, you're not going to be angry. And we're going to learn something very interesting in Megillah's Shrutz today um, that I think is a very big important lesson to us. So so we need to appreciate what we have and. And uh, you need to start your day with something like this. We're saying like Rosh it's amazing that out of the ground, two, two distinct, very different plants coming from the same ground. You're amazing. God, you're amazing. If you start your day like that, guess what? You're going to have an amazing day. Instead of getting up in the morning, listening to the news, Yeshiva news, this guy died, this car went off the cliff, this one shooting at that one, this one's sick, this one, that's, that's, and then how could you have a good day? If that's your whole life. Your whole life is depressing. But there's, there's, a, there's a good side to the world. There's a very good side to the world. The problem is that many of us don't get to see it. The news is all full of tragedy. Everyone's always talking about tragedy. Everyone's always talking about crisis. And we don't focus at all on the good. If you focus on the good, you realize that it's not, that life's not so bad. God made lemongrass. You can make a tea. You can sit at night with something. You can plant it yourself. You wash it and you put it into your, into your, to your hot water. Who understands that exactly? You put it into your hot water, right? Hot water, ice. Ice. Let's think about this for a second, everybody. Water, which is the essential thing in this world, right? The most essential thing for a human being is air. You gotta breathe. So that's free. And that's everywhere. That's everywhere. Unless you wanna be a fish, then you're in trouble. But if you wanna be a human being, that's free. Then comes water. Water's number two. But what Hashem did with water, people don't even think about this. At 32 degrees, Below 32 degrees, it becomes ice. So it goes from a liquid to a solid. At 100, and I don't know exactly what, I didn't do that well, um, where bo- the boiling point of water, right? 100 what? Anyone here know? 212? It's always good to have someone smart in the crowd. Um, at 212, your water boils, so you make steam. So water can be, water, water can be a liquid, it could be a solid, it could be steam. Now, Akash Baruch took water and he made it all three things. It could be a regular liquid, but if you want something cold to drink, right? Hashem made a miracle that the same water becomes this frozen little cube, right? That became ice. But if you want a hot coffee or a hot tea, Hashem said, no problem. Take the water, bring it to 212, and now you have a hot tea. Anyone ever think about that? No. That my water, Hashem took water, I'm thirsty, I can drink water, uh, the, it's warm, I want ice, I can have ice, I can have a macchiato, I don't know what that, that ice coffee is, whatever it's called, whatever it's called, no, not a cappuccino, a ma- macca something, a macchiato, right? I, I don't drink coffee, but I've gotten coffee for people, so I know there's such a thing. And then you can have ice, you can have slush, and you can have slushies, and whatever you want to have. And if you want, oh, I don't drink that, I want a coffee, I want a tea. You sit there, nice hot tea, same water. It's the same water. Why does Hashem have to do that for me? But he did it for me. Who, who appreciates that? So we, we have to start appreciating a little bit more what God gave us, and we have to understand that without Bria, without creation, the, the things that make things grow, nothing would have a taste or a smell or anything else, because the ingredients of what makes things grow, which is water, earth, and the sun, and, and the photosynthesis, haha, right, Walsh, knows that, um, and, and the sun and the air, right, all that stuff has no taste or no smell. So you look at my table, and you have all these beautiful flowers. I've been using, I've been giving this shit for the last two days. That's why they look like what they look like, right? But this guy, that I have to do an advertisement for the flower store on Avenue N. He's a very nice Korean man, and um, he does the flowers for, for my BCA every Friday. And um, I told him I'm giving a class on flowers today, so he gave me everything for free. So I didn't have to pay for my roses, right? Is this amazing? This is amazing. You know, a rose, so, so, so in Shir Hashirim, it talks about, it talks about Kleistrels compared to a rose. This is, this is the most beautiful flower according to Shir Hashem that Hashem created. But the rose has thorns. No other flower has thorns. So what's the reason that the rose has thorns? So, it's an interesting, brought down in, in the Medrash in Shir Hashirim that the rose has thorns because Kleistrels compared to the rose. And, and, um, the bush that, that Moshe Rabbeinu saw burning also had thorns. Do you know that? It also had thorns. That, that anyone who messes with Klai Yisrael, anyone who messes with us, is going to get pricked, is going to get hurt. Don't mess with us. But the beauty of, of the roses, since it's the most beautiful flower, Hashem created thorns so that animals 
can't eat it. It's the only flower that cats and dogs and all that will not eat because they can't eat the thorns. So you protected the flowers like you protect cholesterol. And my most favorite saying is, I love saying this, is that those who mourn that roses have thorns and those who rejoice that thorns have roses. It just depends how you look at things in life, right? So anyway, so I have to thank the guy on Avenue M for giving me Birds of Paradise, Calla Lilies, and Nebuch, these guys are all dead. This used to be a nice flower called the ginger, but they didn't make it. Anyway, I don't need it for tomorrow night. So anyone afterwards who wants to use some of the... This you can't use because you really have to wash very, very well because there are ants and stuff on this stuff. You have to really wash it like you wash lettuce to make sure before you make the tea, the mint tea, whatever tea you're making, that it doesn't have any bugs on it. Okay, so that's... They, she, she was blown away. She, she was blown away. Baruch Hashem. They both, they, the other girl wasn't, I didn't have to be so brainiac with, but this girl, she said, I never thought of it this way. And then I, had, I ended up talking to her for two hours about her stuff. She has stuff. So, but that, yeah, there has to be a creator. There has to, someone had to start this. Someone had to create different mints and all, this, all, all these other things. And then Hashem put in the earth, right? Because Hashem has to be always, put in the earth and the water and the sun and the air, the energy to continue it going to, you know, forever. But the actual earth doesn't get, has nothing. Has no, no nothing. Has no smell. What? That's, that's what he put in. That's what he did. That's creation. Tatsa He When he created the world, he gave it the ability to keep going. So when you eat an apricot, there's an apricot seed. And you plant the apricot seed. And the godless of it is, the potential, where I'm very into potential, the potential is that the one seed of the apricot creates a tree. How many, how many apricots are on that tree? So you can count, you can, you can, you, you can, you can count, you can count apples, but you can't count how many apple trees will come from that apple, how many apples will come from that apple tree, that apple. Because you take the seeds and put them in the ground, you have an apple tree, you can have a hundred apples on it. Potential, potential, potential. That's why we are compared in, in Kabbalah and in Shirashirim to the Eitz HaSadah, to the tree of the Sada, right? We're compared to the tree of the Sada, because the tree of the Sada has one, one fruit can, can give a hundred, another apple tree can give another hundred apple seeds. And that's the human being, human being, the greatness of the human being is potential. Somebody asked me, where was I speaking? So I spoke in many, I spoke in, I wanted to, to go out and get some kids to come to Teres Navin, to Nosbino, so I was in Eretz Yisrael for, um, for, uh, Lagba Omer. So I spoke in five or six, one, two, three, four, five, six seminaries. I was there for three days. Um, and a lot of girls came up to me after them. Why? Why? Why do you like people? Why do you do this? Like, I want to do the same thing you do. Like, where, how do you start? Like, like why? Where did it come from? Like, you were a little boy. You decided you want to do this. Whatever. And I'm like, the only thing I can tell you is that I'm an optimist. So when people say this kid can't make it, I'm like. This kid will make it. When they say you can't open a high school, my, my staff learned by this point never to say, Red Watson, you can't do that. Because the minute they say you can't do that, that's when I say I'm doing it. If they say, oh, you can do that, that's easy, I'm like, I'm not interested. So my high school, I remember when I came and I said, I'm opening a high school. They're like, you can't open a high school. There were four high schools before you. They all closed within two years. You don't have the money. It's not going to work. I'm like, we're opening a high school. Right? When I said I want to open a seminary, this certain kind of seminary, Whenever they say, oh, that's easy, we can do that, I'm like, okay, forget it. It's not a niche. I like, you know, I like niches. So, so the, the first thing you need to, if you want to make a difference in the world and you, want, and you want to help people, you have to see their potential, not their reality. Because your potential becomes my reality. When you look at someone and you understand their potential, no longer what people are saying, oh, she'll fail, she can't do it, this one can't do it. I had plenty of people who said that about me, who said that to me, right? Your potential is your reality, not your reality is your reality. And a person has to realize that. And you can see this on the table. Like, you put a seed in the ground, it's, the seed is, has no reality. The seed rots. I don't know if you did this, but I used to, we used to do this in kindergarten. They put that bean in the dirt, and then it rots, and then it grows a little plant, right? That was our big science project. That's all we could afford. And, and you know, you watch it rot first. And what's the potential of a seed? What's the potential of a seed? It's rotting. Yeah, the potential of a seed is a tree. It's a tree. We have a garden in the, in the ranch. So um, our farmer, um, he's, so right now, 
he has all these little cups of, and he puts the seed in the in the cup, and the little plant grows, and then he plants the plant. He doesn't put the seed outside because all the animals eat the seeds. So he first puts it in the ground so that we have like 400 little things inside, and they're starting to grow these little plants, and then he takes the plants and he puts them out there. And then if you look at the plant, they look like little teeny nothings. But one's corn, and one's sweet potatoes, and one's radishes, and one's string beans, and one's lettuce, and one's watermelon. But if you look at it, if you look at the reality of it, 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 it looks like this guy. Yeah, look at this guy. It looks like this. That ain't nothing. This could be radish, right? So it looks like nothing, right? So, yeah. If you, underst- if, if you understand the potential of a human being, and, and you know, what they say, one man's garbage is another man's treasure. So to me, everything's a treasure. There's no garbage. Other people, they throw people, they throw kids out, but one man's garbage is another person's treasure, so 100%. I don't think anyone's garbage, but that's, you, you have to, so how do you see that in people? You have to connect to Hashem through his Bria, through everything. Just, you see the beauty. You, you got to stop seeing the pain. You, I mean, of course you have to see the pain and deal with the pain, but you also have to see the beauty. I see so much off the derech, and then, you know, I walk into Mir Yeshiva, and there's 700 guys fighting in Gemara and yelling at each other and learning, and I'm like, what? There are guys, 700 guys learning? Because I'm so used to seeing the other way around. So you, you got to see that, otherwise all you see is darkness. you got to come see the light also. So, Kuzbaruchus Bria, you know, it's of course much better if you can learn Tyra and connect to Hashem through Tyra, but this is connection. This is, this is amazing. It's amazing. All right. I just want to go to, um, I want to go to Megillah's Ruth. Also, I want to make a very special announcement, and that is that Shavuos night. And don't think I don't get a little flack from this for some rabbis, because you're like, girls should not go out Shavuos night to learn. Everything the boys do, the girls have to do, right? Everything. You know, soon they're going to go collecting for Tzedakah on Purim, and smoking, and drinking on Purim. What are you going to do, right? I'm like, it already happened. Anyway, so, so we do a Shavuos night program. Because there are a lot of girls that want to learn. So they want to learn. Let them learn. And I asked Big Rabbanim and they said it's fine. So Ashwa's night, Ashwa's night is Matzi Shabbos. The first night of Shavuos is Matzi Shabbos. Um, you can sleep on Shabbos, but you're not allowed to sleep on Shabbos because you want to stay up at night Shavuos. You're not allowed to prepare for after Shabbos. So you can't say, I'm going to sleep today. Don't, normally don't go to sleep on Shabbos because I want to stay up all night. You can't say that. You can just go to sleep. Don't say anything. Okay? So at 2201, whoever's watching, 2201 Avenue L, corner of Avenue L and East 22nd, is a big shul with, it's, you can't miss it because it's painted pink. It's the only pink shul in the whole Flatbush, okay? It's um, Rabbi Weinfeld Shul, downstairs, we're starting at 12 midnight, I'm giving a share from 12 midnight till 1, and then from 1 to 3, last two we finished at 4, but from 1 to like 3.30, myself, Rabbi Freeman, Rabbi Ezra Max, and Rabbi Bitone will be doing Ask the Rabbi. And last last year was amazing. And, but I'm telling you to come early because last year there were many girls standing in the back and I don't really want you to stand in the back. So you deserve to be there because you come every Wednesday night. So again, Matzi Shabbos, starting at 12 o'clock, Rabbi Weinfeld, East 22nd, corner of East 22nd and Avenue L. And as far as being worried about walking at night at 3.30 in Flatbush in the morning, nothing to worry about. There's guys walking, there's people... The whole, the whole Flatbush is up, pretty much. Everyone's up for Vasekin. And if you want to go upstairs for Vasekin, there is a Vasekin minion in the same shul. So if you want to down Vasekin shul this morning, you could stay there for Vasekin, okay? All right. Now, there's also, I didn't bring it with me, there's an app. Someone in Eretz Yisrael, um, his, his kid, his child got hit by a car, and the child's in a coma. Not in good, not in a good place at all. And he started a thing um, in schutz of his, of his child for Rufus Shalema that you should erase one app on your phone. I don't know what it's called. Erase an app or something like that. It's online, whatever it is. I had all the information. I forgot it at home. I didn't bring it. But um, for the schutz of his one app so that you have a little bit more time for each other, for Hashem, for Davening, for whatever it is, that you should pick an app on your phone and you should erase that app. I don't have, if you... How would I get that out? I will have Pam tomorrow send an email to everyone with the boy's name. Um, and you can do, do it for Rafur Shalema for him to erase an app and then, and the name online to go to, to erase, you know, to, to sign up to erase an app. Okay? Alright, let me just go very fast. Um, 
We'll give you a little chizik over here. So, Rus, that we read on Shavuos. Now, one of the reasons we read Rus on Shavuos is because she became a ger. She was Makala the Torah. Rus, her name, right? Rus, Reish, Vav, Tov. If you add Hashem to it, because she was Makabal Hashem, she became a Giyaris, spells Torah. Reish, Vav, Tov, Hey, is spells Torah. So her name, Rus, plus Hey, spells Torah. So the question is, let's say her name was Esther. So we wouldn't read it? We wouldn't read the story? Only because her name is Rus? Right? Let's say her name was Malka. You wouldn't read it? Right? It's not. It's the story of Rus. That, but anyway, also, she was, she was a Yeris, but Yisro was also a Yeris, so why don't we read Pasha's Yisro? Right? Okay. But I want to tell you, so I, want, I want to give you a chizik. Remember we had a share about turn the page, right? So listen, listen to the beginning of this story. But he be made Shweit HaShayftim, was the times of the Shayftim. But he rubbed Aretz. Yisro was in a hunger. No food. No food. First Pasuk. No food. And a man left Beis Lechem. He was the richest man. He was the most powerful man. He was sort of the king. He was a shayfate. And he said, I am not having people knock on my door every all night long for food. He had a lot of money. I'm out of here. So in the middle of the night, he escaped. And he went with his family to a place. There was no minion. There was no yeshiva. Moab. Right? He moved out. No Jews. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to give tzedakah. Okay? V'shem ish Melech. His name was Elimelech. V'shem Ishtay Naomi. V'shem Shnei Bada Machan Bekilion. Okay, so, they moved out. There's a hunger. Next Pasuk. Tragedy. V'yamas Elimelech Ish Naomi. And Naomi's husband, Elimelech, died. V'tishar, he and she was left with her two children. Now, I can't even imagine the pain because I've dealt with this with one child. She had two sons. Okay? Her lost her husband, she has two sons. They go out and they marry Goyim. Not modern girls, Jewish girls. Goyim. Assimilation. It's a holocaust. Because now Naomi's finished. Because she only had two sons. They marry Goyim, which means their children are going to be Goyim. Finished. There's no, more, there's no Jews ever coming out in the army. She's cut off. Kareis. Done. Over with. Her two sons married Goyim. She'll never have grandchildren that are Jewish. She lost her husband. Her two kids went off the derrick so far that they married, assimilated, and they married Goyim. She's done. What happens? They die. She's not doing too well. She leaves Eretz Yisrael. Her husband dies. Her children, two sons, marry Goyim. Then they die. She loses all her money. She has nothing left. All she has is two non-Jewish daughter-in-laws. Okay? Very bad life. Now, she comes back to Eretz Yisrael. She has nothing in Moab. She has nothing. She lost all her money. She has no husband. She has no kids. Okay, she comes back. She comes to Beis Lechem. And the whole city, the whole city is like talking about them. All the WhatsApps are ringing. Forget about it. Online, everyone's talking about it. Hazosh Naomi? Is that Naomi? Oh my gosh, look at her. And the major says she came back in sackcloth and rags. She left in beautiful shoes. She came back barefoot. She left in beautiful clothing. She came back in burlap sack bags as clothing. And all the Yentas were like, oh my gosh, is that her? She said to all the gossip mongers, don't call me Naomi. Don't call me Naomi. Karali Mara Memresh Aleph. Call me Fabitter. Call me bitter. He Hema Shakai Limaod. Because God made my life very bitter. Now she was at Sadekista. That doesn't sound very good. She's telling everyone, God did it. God made me bitter. So don't call me Naomi. God took everything away from me. I need Malaya Halachti. I left Eretz Yisrael full husband, children, money. Hashem, and Hashem brought me back with nothing. Sounds like the girl who wrote that poem. Hashem did this, brought me back with nothing. Don't call me Naomi. 
Hashem herali, and Hashem pained me, and Hashem made everything bad for me. I, when I learned this, I was like, what? That's a tzedekistah? Hashem did all this to you? Okay. Hard to understand. The chizik for everyone is that if you turn the page, so let's think about this for a second. Let's look at the Ami's life. Forget about Rus, what she went through. So the Ami was rich, a rich lady with a famous husband, very powerful husband, two boys, right? She loses all her money. She loses all her fame. She loses her husband. Her boys marry Goyim, then her boys die, and she's left with nothing. This is a very bad story. But, if you turn the page and you go to the end of Megillah's Rus, the last four words of the whole Megillah, the Yishai, Hoylid, is David. Rus marries Boaz. Boaz gives birth to Oved. Oved gives back birth to Yishai. And Yishai gives birth to David. David HaMelech, the Meluch of Klaistral, Mashiach. So the beginning of the book, tragic, total tragedy. Husband dies, money lost, children marry Goyim, children lost, comes back, not even ha- doesn't even have a pair of shoes, wearing a sack, bitter, mara, forget about it, right? No potential. End of, end of Rus, Mashiach. Yishai, Hailid, as David. Yishai gave birth to David, all came from Rus, who married Boaz, the end of the story, the Malchus of Klaistro. You got to hold on. That's what I spoke about the other day. You got to hold on. The pages turn. And when, when Rus gave birth, okay, to Oved, who, who brought up this child? Not Rus. Naomi brought up this child. And they said to her, these gossip mongers who were so busy, saying, oh my God, look what happened to her. They said, Rus, who's your daughter-in-law that you love, your lot of day who gave birth, he She is better than having seven sons. And she took this child and she became his nurse. And she brought him up. So you see how such a terrible story that begins so terrible can end with such an unbelievable ending that the Malchus of David and Melech and Mashiach. This is really the story of Klai Yisrael. Yes, it's very true. We're going through very hard times. And yes, some kids are off to Derek. And yes, there's assimilation marrying Goyim. And yes, there are people who are dying. And yes, there's all this tragedy. Same tragedy that she had. That's part of the Yishai Hailed as David. Part of the Golas and part of why the Tanam, some Tanam said I didn't want to live in, in the Chevlei Mashiach is because before Mashiach we have to go through the same thing. And we have to go through this situation, whatever it is, but in the end, the end is Yishai Hailed as David. In the end, David and Melch, in the end, Mashiach will come. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand the Ami. And I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm about to say because if you misunderstand it, you're going to have tainus to me. What was Naomi saying? That Hashem did this to me. Right? It seems to be, she's not a tzedekster. It seems to be that she's complaining. This is what she said. She said, you thought that my my mice and my actions were Naomi, were, were beautiful. She said, but they weren't. She said, Hashem made it bitter for me. She told Klaistro, do you know why I went through all this? Because I left Eretz Yisrael. I let my husband leave Eretz Yisrael and not give tzedakah. I let my children marry Goyim. I had it coming to me. I own this. Don't call me Naomi. I didn't, I'm not, I didn't do beautiful things. I did very bad things. I was the wife. I let him leave. I let him go to Moab. I let my children marry Goyim. I'm Mara. I'm the, Hashem made it bad for me because I made it bad for me. She owned her stuff. She didn't point at Hashem. 
she pointed out herself, and we knew from the Medrash, right? Hey, she said, I'm, I'm a witness that, that my mice were no good. Shemitah Sabin Bagabi, I deserve this because as a woman, I should have never let him not give tzedakah. I should have never let him leave Eretz Yisrael. I should have never let my children marry Goyim. So she said, Hashem, call me Mara, I made it bitter. I caused this. I'm not in the army. I didn't do beautiful Maisim Toivim. I didn't give tzedakah. I didn't keep, why did my kids marry Goyim? I didn't do the right thing. Message. This is for, oh, really? Very good. Okay, so it's Chaim bin Yamin ben Shoshana Rezel. It's, when you go online, if you have to go online, it's called Delete One App, and it's deleteoneapp.com. Delete One App that takes up your time, turn off your phone during supper, Black out a time when you won't check your email and phone. Delete one app. Ufuish Lema Chaim bin Yamin bin Shushana Rezel. Be a big mitzvah. Anyway, so the, at the end of the day, what no. Yeah. Chaim bin Yamin bin Shushana Rezel. So, so what, I, what I'm saying over here is, and I'm not saying if someone's going through pain, whatever it is, they deserve it, whatever it is. But you have to understand that she was a tzaddik, so she owned her stuff. She said, don't call me an army, I'm not so beautiful. She didn't mean physically. She said, I, I, I didn't stop him. I let him go, I let him leave. I'm the woman of the house. And, and, and I, let him, I let him not give tzedakah, and I let my children marry Goyim. And therefore, Hashem morally rally. I, I caused the bad to me. She took it. She owned it. She took responsibility for where she was in life. She wasn't complaining that Hashem made it bad for me. It's your fault, Hashem. You did this to me. She said, I messed up. I'm not Naomi anymore. But in the end, Shitaka became back Naomi. And, and, and therefore, my bracha to everyone is, we'd love to see you, first of all. I'm not giving the share over again. So you don't have to worry about that. It'll be a different share. Um, but um, it's very interesting. It was very fascinating last year. The girls, we, we're going to send you out an email to send us questions so that we come, we pick out which questions we want to answer. Um, it's not going to be like you raise your hand and ask a question because then it gets out of control. Um, and we hope to answer some questions that people have. We have an interesting panel. We don't all agree with each other, so that's good, right? That will make it very interesting. And um, better to come learn than to sit home and uh, talk Lashon Hara or waste your time or whatever it is. So... Um, if you want to sit home and do kibbutz of the aim and clean the, clean up the house for your mother, and it's even better than coming to us. But um, we, everybody's invited to come. And in Mitzvah Hashem, we should take a see Yishai Haylid as David. Um, we should see David Amelach back again. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.